As the clock ticks down to zero in the state title game, your Kittitas Coyote boys basketball team wins their third straight state title. There is the horn. Let the celebration begin for the Ellensburg High School girls basketball team, who are your 2023 WIAA 2A state champs, concluding their second straight undefeated season. Davis Spencer in the windup and the one-two pitch on the way. And strike three! And your Ellensburg Bulldogs are the 2018 state champs, continuing their dominance with the third state title in the last five years. This is Justin McKee, your voice of the Ellensburg Rodeo, and you're listening to the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Eric, John, and Sammy. Hey, Kittitas Valley, welcome back to Season 5 of your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I am Eric Sorensen. With Sammy Henderson, John Goodett, the talent signed back after the free agent contract <laughs> signings. Nobody got traded away, guys. Can you believe it? Welcome back to season five. Season five. Season five on something that I would think would last five minutes. Yeah. Has now lasted five years. Yeah. Can't believe it. I can't believe you thought it wasn't going to last. When we started this, <laughs> we didn't even know how to spell COVID. No. Didn't even know what it was. No. And it's four months later, it banged us and we couldn't talk about sports because there was no sports. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I got, I, seriously, I bought all the equipment. I couldn't believe John didn't think it was going to work. And then, and then we, uh, we're still, still here. Talking Maybe I about. should rephrase that. Cause I don't want you to think that I wasn't all in. I was just like, how many people are going to listen? But people listen. We had sponsors. And stuff. Yeah. It was, life was good. Sorry. I can't get past coach saying that COVID banged us. Like, yeah. I, just, I, can't. I meant like it banged our season. Like it was yeah. over with. Just completely done. Okay, Sammy, yeah. get your head out of the gutters. Love season it. five either starts way, with a bang. Way, it was, it was, it was applicable either way. So I was like. <laughs> season five is already getting flagged for yeah. adult content. Yeah. Uh, I meant it by the way, we've, we've moved it to MA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah, that yeah, button yeah. for the first episode. But yeah, man, we've gone through. We lost. We had one guy move on. We gained a great guy. And I think in the trade market, Luke doesn't listen. We've come out ahead. That's right. Sammy's wins above replacement are probably plus 12. <laughs> <laughs> so we're good. We're doing good. Um, but yeah, man, so much has happened in those five years. And it's yeah. cool that it's still rolling and we still enjoy it. And we don't have any. We, we're not like the. Any major band? We haven't broke up yet? No. no. So but that also might be because we're not generating a ton of cash and figuring out how to split it. I know. Yep. We need to get to work on this. If, so if start, anybody's listening and want to sponsor if us. If we start making millions, I'll leave you guys over millions. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Easily. Hang on. I'm out. Uh, so if anybody wants to sponsor us, give us a call. That's right. You, you know our give numbers. Give us a call. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we give good shout-outs, I guess. I don't. I'm not a good salesman on this. If you right sponsor now. us, you're going to be sponsoring a podcast that talks about some pretty incredible teams yeah. and uh we're going to be previewing mm-hmm. a bunch as we get closer to you know september it's august 2nd we're recording this on august 2nd right uh, literally less than a month from now we're going to be neck deep in rodeo mm-hmm. uh fall camps college football college football best time of the year i gotta stop you know because on uh when i log into the twitter mm-hmm. they're like you know Four more Saturdays, or right, you know, however many, this is yeah. right. 
Six more like sleeves. for the diehards, they're like, okay, the Hall of Fame bowl for pros. Yeah. Is, right. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, they yeah. were like, in case Week you were wondering, zero or whatever. The number three starting quarterback is starting for the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Not, yeah. I don't care. Well, yeah. For but me, I do care that there's. Well, I tune in. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Do I care? Not really. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it's like once the All Star break and the trade de- or trade deadline's over with, it's fall now. It's getting. There's nothing here till. I mean, you got baseball season, but until football rolls in, and but you got fall camp starting up, and and I, to me, fall is my favorite time of the year. Playoff baseball, you got football going on, and it's just kicking off the school year. Yeah, right. Really, it's, it's, it's it's one of the most exciting times because one, it is. football's huge. Mm-hmm. Football is is just it's right. king when it comes to sports in yep. America, mm-hmm. and so the drama, like, yeah, we're not playing an NFL game for another like four or five weeks, mm-hmm. but. You're gonna have all the drama in the world. Yep. That yep. College well, football is gonna be the same way, yeah. and it's just it's an exciting time. Well, and it just it snuck up on me because all of a sudden I was looking on Twitter. It's summertime, flippy floppy is trying to swim, right? And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Central's in Texas at the the Lone Star yep. Conference media days. Right. Like, oh God, it's Pac-12 media days. Whatever that's gonna be nowadays. But Pac-8 uh, eight and a half. Pac-8. Pac-8. Eight, Pac eight eight, keep dropping Pac-8. teams. The Cougars are going for that title, baby. Yeah, Let's go. Right. Um, <laughs> but. It's it's here. Like it's time to start thinking about this. You know the the pros are in mini camp or training camp, and it's a it's it's gonna be fun. I know who like yeah who knows what the Pac twelve is even gonna look like. Do we talk about that? We can really quick. I yeah. mean, I don't. I think it's college football is so dominant. So like I think about like USC and UCLA. This is last year in in the league for for them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, does it even make logistics are out the window, and all of these decisions are solely based on football, maybe men's basketball as well. So, if you're like a, a women's basketball program or softball or baseball, aren't does it even make sense? I all we yeah. talk about no. is football. I'm sure UCLA. The easy answer to that is no. It doesn't make sense. Not at all. It doesn't make sense when you talk to every university and the first thing they say is it's all about the college student athlete experience and things like that. But when I play at Southern California softball and I got to go fly to Penn state and then come back (laughs) home doubleheader Rutgers or Maryland, just ridiculous. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. And I can promise you that the softball teams, I mean, unless they're generating enough money that everybody's got a plane where they're just, but even then it's hectic. Like, I don't know. Well, even UCLA proved last spring when they had to come to WSU to play a baseball series and it snowed for two days straight, how fast those guys tucked their tails and got back on the airplane to get back to Southern California. They didn't even play the third game of the series. <laughs> wow. Okay. Makes sense. Let's go to the Midwest and play right. in early April. To yeah. I mean, it's still not pleasant down there. There's a reason why they spend most of their times playing Southern yeah. United yeah. States or yeah. in the Metrodome yeah. <laughs> climate yeah. controlled stadium. So not the Metrodome. I no, don't think that's but, I, anymore, but, but the money, but you're right. It is controlled by football. The money they can generate from going from just the TV deals alone, from being a part of those conferences is financially going to offset all the rest of the travel they have to do. Plus and then some. Yeah. And so it's all a business. So it's in two weeks, where are the Huskies at? The, you know what conference are we going to be in? Right. Not we. You. I, last I heard was potentially uh, Big Ten. When? I, so do knows? they have to? And, and so USC and UCLA, they they left together. 
do you have to keep the state schools together? Isn't Washington trying to make it mandatory that UW and Wazoo have to stay together? I think at this point, isn't it? The state of Washington. But, and it seems like Arizona going to the Big 12 is, that's going to happen. Nobody's talking about Arizona State, so I always worry about. I did hear today where they said that the chancellors are together. And so that decision can be made together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But does UW really care if WSU falls them to the. They should, but I'm looking at it from a fan perspective, from a rivalry perspective. That has nothing to do with bottom lines. The problem with that, now this is going to rub some feathers maybe a little bit. It's fine. Is that those conferences aren't just going to accept anybody. No. No. And it is going to be strictly based off of tradition. Yeah. Money. Wazoo doesn't fall in that category. They're I'm, not going to. They're they're, they're not, not a media market. No, they're not big enough for Washington to be able to like grab Washington yeah. State and come yeah. come with us. So uh, I don't see it being both. Um, I'm shocked that Wisconsin's coming to Pullman. To be honest, this fall, you weird. thought they would buy out of that. I just don't see anybody coming to Pullman. I, it, for me, yeah, they don't have to. But then they also got beat last year, so I don't know. They don't have to, but they do need to schedule those, you know, Power Five right. out of conference, and all of them are going to be home and away. So, mm-hmm. You know, Michigan. You know, if it was a, uh, those deals are always home and away, and that might yeah, be the way that it's just done, so that you can't just have seven home games every year. Yeah, right. yeah. you know uh, that that when you make a schedule, it has to be a home and away at least for with another Division One opponent. Yeah. So. Yeah, but if if I'm if I'm Wazoo, if I'm Oregon State, I'm I'm nervous. Yeah, because Oregon and Washington football wise have enough tradition. And Eugene's to be accepted. yeah, Eugene's not the biggest market. Seattle that's got to be a very enticing. But Oregon easy has, to fly. But to. Oregon has showed that they are dedicated to. Athletics oh yeah, yeah. And oh, they're yeah. going to pour money into it. They they yeah. don't need the market money to have the money. Yeah. I don't know. It's they, very they, upsetting. They got the though. big mm-hmm. corporate Nike to swing from their sword. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, they've put, you could convince me, I don't know what, if, maybe not billions, but it's probably hundreds of millions of dollars in their facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, probably closer to billions. Top of the line. Yeah. I don't know. I see the Cougars being in the Mountain West. Stanford seems like a Big Ten school already, so yeah. that's an easy. Yeah. I don't know. Stanford we'll and all the Cal. In, in and five years, college football could just be no conferences. So who who knows look, the state, especially with the expansion of the turn of the tournament at the end of the year. Like it's going to look like the hockey league standings or basketball be, standings. It's going to be weird. Pacific League and the yeah. Atlantic League, maybe, which would be kind of entertaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so disillusioned. Right? It's it's worrisome. Like I feel like we're gonna we're ruining college football and I don't oh, know yeah. what that means. I don't have a specific like this is how it's gonna be ruined and it's gonna it just feels that way like what are we doing? What's this gonna look like? I, right. I I mean I know you can make rivalries so like when I, I look at when I look at the Apple Cup that's that's something that you look forward to every year. I would like to see UW and Wazoo try to have some sort of a Well I think that will stay. Because you see who is it that uh, plays Stanford, Notre Dame or right. you know, Every year, who is Notre Dame has those USC Notre yeah. Dame, they find a way to keep each other on their schedule right. every year, and uh, I think Washington would do the same thing. I think those both those schools make 
probably good profit off the Apple Cup as well. Probably. That uh, it's worth holding on to. Pullman Where's would it make at? more sense than in the Big 12 anyways, WSU. You think so? More Just state, because of state the schools. Yeah, more ag-oriented state schools. Persona. School. Yeah. But if they all, let's just say they all stay in the Pac-12. Like, when I think of Pac-12, I don't think of San Diego State. Um, I don't think of Fresno State. No. Um, I don't think of Nevada, Reno, UNLV. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody said. Uh, they just need to go to regional statuses. <laughs> the well, division one level. Yeah. And the, you are in the West. You are in the yeah, East. Right. And it's it's so screwed up now because of that. The financial aspects. Right. WSU is worried about conference, and they're also worried about their own. When Comcast overpaid the Pac-12, and they're having to pay that money back, they're right. screwed right now. I feel like maybe maybe things will be just fine, but well, it's going to be fine. But when you look at it, and I think that was Colorado's choice to leave was like, I think we've all knew even before Colorado left that the Pac-12 was dying off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And inevitable. And Colorado was in a position to be like, peace, like we can go. And and regionally, they that's Colorado to right. Well, yeah. it, it makes sense. Like they, they were there. You know, they are going to. They are ahead of the curve of the rest of the Pac-12. That's like, how do we get out of this? Yeah, standing. And I we talked earlier. I still like the fact that the Oregon coach came out and said, "Colorado leaving. Tell me what they've won. What have they done for our conference? Right. Yeah. It didn't, it yeah. didn't do See anything it. for the conference except for it just." Showed us okay at some point. We should be a conference where people want to come, not where yeah. a conference where people want to leave. Yeah, and that's what it's become. And it only, like you said, football. And the yeah. bad thing is, the thing that's supposed to save us sounds like it ain't going to be there with this TV deal that no one knows about and can vote upon. <laughs> and it's going to have to buy Apple subscriptions to watch it. Like that's going to the diehards will watch the Pac-12. Yes, but we don't. We, that's guaranteed. We want these other people to watch the Pac-12, and they ain't going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they? No, Not only do they have make to stay up late at night to watch it. As easy as possible for the Central and Eastern time zones to watch us, and Apple yeah. TV won't do it. In reality, without USC, without UCLA, there's probably, I mean, just taking those schools out alone, there's going to be less interest across yep. the board yep. to watch anything. Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Sad. It's sad. Oh, yeah. But it'll figure itself out. That That I do know. And Huskies, will will. Will. and Huskies will win another national championship. So in rowing, yeah, probably that too. <laughs> What'd you say in rowing or? Yeah. Well, yeah, they in rowing, will. they're dominant. That's what maybe they're volleyball, do. maybe softball. Did you see the? Well, we all talked about the the Netflix series of the quarterbacks. Yes, it's awesome. blew through it. Love it. Yeah, watching it, it was hilarious seeing Marcus Mariota have to practice at Husky Stadium. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So too much purple. Yeah, too he much was not purple. liking that at all. Yeah. Yeah. See, he was not. That's a good. See, that's a series that I think was really good. And when I got done with episode eight, I'm like, man, this should have been like twelve or fifteen mm-hmm. episodes. Who are the next three guys I get to watch? You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they, yeah. it's the perfect timing because it got us all excited. Football's not starting. Oh, yet, it's perfect. All Those Netflix right. guys know what they're doing. Oh yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, I blew through that, uh, and you're you're almost done, right? Yes, one more episode. Yeah, between that and game time of the Lakers. I got so this I new canceled, season coming out. I canceled my HBO Max uh, uh, subscription, mm-hmm. and I might get it just for that because that first season was awesome. Yeah, it comes out season two this week or next week. I it think. was so good. I Did you watch start, it? I almost started watching it the other night because yeah. I heard you guys talking about it. Well, it's good. The only reason I started watching it was because of the guy that the character, the actor himself that plays the owner, um, John, John C. Riley. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. Anything he's in, I'll he, watch. He's so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we start to get into our interview for this first episode, which we got legends on the legends, we do Wildcat legends on the on the call. Um, trade deadline. Mad, happy, indifferent, indifferent, indifferent. Yep, me too. <laughs> I just feel like I I don't I didn't want to see us do too much because I still think we've. In what we're four games out from a wild card spot right now, three, four and, and a half, half, three, yeah, like five out of the we're five games out of the. AL we West. have the roster. This need to we produce. just need to play well, and that and that's you know there's individuals that need to start playing well. Mm-hmm. There's uh, put it all together. So um, I wouldn't. I I don't think it was a situation where we needed to do anything drastic. No, and especially that's going to affect. We're we're looking for long term longevity here, like yeah. being good for a few, for years. And so, if we can be competitive now, <laughs> nobody's going to care about the last few days of like indifference if we're in the postseason. Nobody right, will correct. remember. If we can get in the postseason, but if we miss it by a couple of games, that's. I think the problem was done that's in the off season. What I think the problem happened in the off season. Well, yeah, but Not we also now. thought we had the solution in the off season. That's right. Well, like the roster that we brought in with Colton Wong, and yeah. like it was he was like, supposed to be a dude, right? You know, and. The, some of those things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Julio hasn't been quite the Julio he was last year. Yeah. France hasn't been quite the France, you know. And then Kelnick was great, and he kick, <laughs> kicks a cooler and breaks Kicked his toe. Can. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just it's not all coming together. I think the way that people expected it to. Yeah. And so, I think the biggest thing I've recognized in the last year or so as being a coach, athletic fan, in general. Is that if you don't have dudes that do dude things, you're not going to win. That's right. Yeah. They need to play Mike Ford every night. That guy is the <laughs> Jim Belushi of Animal House. Yeah. Just He's got a 30 bomb of Coors Light oh like, waiting for him after every guy hits bombs. But, but the good news is, is we have the tools to be dudes. They just need to produce. It's right. not like we have like. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's probably some spots in that roster that could be. There's better in Major League Baseball, but there's a, there's an opportunity. For, for them to do the good things, I guess. Yes, and we, there's still time. That's the beauty. Mm-hmm. There's still time. So, well, let's get these the guests on. Do we want to talk about who we're going to have? We're going to have on. You want to introduce them? Yeah, we have head football coach for Central Washington University, Chris Fisk, and associate head coach John Pika. The the John the Pika. John Pika. And John Pika. We seem to get Coach Fisk on once a year. This we will have to say this will be the first time that John's actually John. John finally made it. Yeah, yeah. I've always seemed to uh, somehow have Duck a schedule out. conflict. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, I think last year was like within thirty minutes of us hitting record. I'm like, hey guys, again. We were up at Central. We were taking we in were, the pizza box, the pizza oven. The right? pizza right. oven. Oh, yeah. was so hot. Yeah, we were. Sweaty. It was and, so and his, close. Uh, we were even parked outside his office when yes. he got in. Yeah. John stayed, but yeah, that was a yeah that was a scorcher last year in the. Yeah, climate controlled office we're in now, but um, I'm looking forward to this interview. It's a good yeah. one. Uh, we'll and we'll come back afterwards and wrap up some central football talk as they get to k- ready to kick off camp. We're recording this on a Wednesday. They kick off this Saturday. The players report to school, and we'll talk about all that with coaches. We're back. We're here with Central Washington head football coach Chris Fisk and. Uh, John Pika, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, John Pika. How are you, gentlemen? Outstanding. Excited to be on the podcast. Today. Absolutely wonderful to talk to you guys. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, so much. Uh, 
So we're Saturday, this Saturday coming up, you guys have, it's a big day. I remember being up there. It was just so much energy going on right now. You guys have report day. All your kids are coming uh, to uh, Ellensburg, Washington to play some football. Talk to us a little bit uh, about your guys' excitement level right now as that day approaches. Yeah, it's exciting to get them back on campus after not seeing them for a couple months here and as they've gone out and just progressed through the summer and tried to go get jobs and earn money to pay for school and those things. So excited to get them back on campus, but uh, check-in day is always a double-edged sword. you got a lot of uh, work to do with uh, compliance and paperwork and all that stuff. So while you're excited to see the kids, um, it's, a, it's a heavy lift for day one to get all the stuff done that we need to do to get on the field. Coach, what is what is that like? I mean, you got check-in day, you got so many logistics, and even with the the greatest planning, there's always going to be uh-oh moments and hiccups and and stuff like that. Is check-in day all about logistics and stuff, or do you guys actually get in the locker room or at least on the field or or in meeting rooms? At what point do you start officially practicing? Yeah, so check-in day, you know, day one on Saturday is a lot of paperwork and photo shoots and checking out gear and just making sure everybody's situated. Uh, Sunday we'll be able to get into the meeting room a little bit and talk about program standards and really talk about the philosophy of the program and the culture of the program, Uh, not really uh, getting into the X and O's. Um, And then Monday we'll be out. uh, We typically practice in the mornings during fall camp from 9.30 to 11.30, so we'll have some install meetings that morning before we hit the field. And then we're, we're rocking and rolling after that. What about in terms of, uh, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but the first couple of weeks, there's nobody else on campus. There's no, there's no, uh, uh, you know, classes or anything like that. Um, is it nice just to be able to, and maybe, maybe I'm being too general here, but is it nice? All these guys have to work about, worry about is football, no classes, a lot of their friends probably are, are not enrolled yet or, or not at least moved over to Ellensburg yet. Do uh, guys, do coaches and, and players get pretty uh, um, used to, like, only being able to focus on one thing? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a definite advantage compared to the semester schools that we play against where, you know, they've got a week or so of fall camp before their classes start. We have – we have about five and a half weeks here where we don't have to worry about class or, you know, any, any outside distraction. So it's very similar to an NFL uh, football camp that way where it's all football all day long. But I do think there's a point, you know, once we get to September and that first game week, you, you kind of wish classes would start. Um, so there's a little bit of separation there for the kids and, and the coaches. And I think the kids want that too is, uh, you know, you can only do it all day, every day so long before you need to, you know, dial it back and just focus your energy towards, you know, the four hours a day that you do have. I wanted to, uh, to ask you a question about that. Cause I remember it just being such a structured, uh, experience for those kids coming in that every day's football, they're doing this, they're doing that. What kind of things do you guys have planned to help? Uh, you know, you talked about that separation kind of breaking up the, uh, the, you know, something, what, what, what do you call that? Uh, like the culture or something to, you know, kind of lighten the mood. Do you guys have big plans for that as you go into the season or has it kind of just come about? No, we, we definitely plan for it. You know, I think for the coaches, the coaches get in here about 6 a.m., 
6.30, and then they're here till about 9 or 10 at night all day. And so they got a big day ahead of them. But the, the players have breaks. They have three-hour breaks to go get off their feet, go home, take a nap, you know, kind of get in the air conditioning before the next phase. So there's some breaks in there. But we typically do all of our team building in the evenings after dinner. And, uh, you know, we'll do things from, you know, we'll have movie nights or we might have a, a session where we just get the team in a room and, and grab one player. Uh, we call it the wildcat seat. It's kind of the hot seat where we – put a player on the wildcat seat and we'll ask them questions about their life and some, maybe some intimate questions that, uh, you know, maybe the players on the team don't know about that young person and uh, can shed some light on what that guy is all about. Uh, we do things like game nights. We have, uh, you know, one of the great uh, things I think with a family is, is game night, right? Family game night. So we'll take the boys over to the circle one night and just, just spread out in a, assortment of board games and different kind of games and, and just separate them into teams and we'll structure the teams that they play, you know, the games on so that we get some uh, guys that maybe don't get to interact with each other on a daily basis and just really try to build, you know, we have a saying in our program, the more love, honor, and respect, the greater the team. And, you know, really the focus of all camp and those evening sessions is just trying to build that love for one another, the respect for one another and develop a relationship that's deeper than football and hopefully, you know, the hope is is that we see that on the football field, that they care about each other enough to, to play hard for each other. And when things get tough on the football field, they don't fall apart and, and splinter, that they stay together and keep fighting, you know, to get the result that we're after. Well, Coach, we just saw on social media you guys just got back from Texas for media days for Lone Star. Talk to us about how that went. Yeah, it's a, it's a great event. You know, it's something that we didn't get to do in the GNAC. Uh, they didn't really have anything like that outside of the coaches' poll and the preseason polls. The Lone Star, you know, has two student-athletes, head coach, and an SID fly down to Dallas. Um, we, we go to the national championship site there in McKinney ISD Stadium in McKinney, Texas, which is just north of Dallas there. They put on a great show and, and – uh, get to get up on the stage and go through the interview process and they stream it live and, you know, answer some questions. Great for the kids. You get to know some of the players and head coaches from the other team. And uh, they bring in wonderful barbecue, which is my favorite part of the whole deal. And <laughs> get some of that Texas barbecue. So uh, it's a great event. And I'm really glad. I always try to make it a point to go up to our Lone Star commissioner after and just tell them what a great event for it is and a great, a great thing for those young men to experience. You know, this year we went down, uh, got up at 2.30 in the morning and, and uh, drove over to SeaTac, got on an early flight. I took an early flight on purpose uh, so we could take the boys over to the Dallas Star, which is Gary Jones's uh, practice facility for the Cowboys. And uh, we got to tour that whole facility, got the uh, VIP tour. Um, That's cool. Even saw uh, James Vanderbeek, you know, the great quarterback from Varsity Blues. We <laughs> <laughs> got to see him uh, tour in the facility with his family. And <sighs> so uh, it was just a great day. We got to see the locker room, you know, and just really kind of everything that the Cowboys are about and the rich tradition, tradition of the Cowboys. And, um, you know, what a great day for those young men and just something I hope that they – you know, remember, you know, when they're old men like uh, Pika and I, you know, kind of care <laughs> that moment uh, that they were able to go down there and do that along with the media day. But it's a, a great event and, and super happy that our conference chooses to do an event like that. Coach, one thing, and I know uh, I know this is more bulletin board material, um, and so 
so forgive me for for these kind of questions, but you know, with the preseason poll, the way it was announced, and and uh, like preseason teams and stuff like that, did it go about the way um, you thought it would? I mean, if if uh, unless Central is undefeated and number one, I'm I'm never happy at the end of the season. But was it um, you know nice to see you guys get a little bit of respect with the first place vote there and and second overall, and and uh, you know that sets up a number one versus number two. Uh, match up pretty well on the what is it the 16th when we host Angelo State did the the, the poll kind of shape up like you thought it would yeah you know I think uh, outsiders put a lot more stock into that preseason poll than we do inside the walls mm-hmm. but you know I think a lot of times coaches just kind of vote on you know how how did the season end up in the previous season and that's kind of how it ended up Angelo State won the whole thing we finished second in the conference so forth and so on but you know, I think if, if you know, guys really dove in and to each other's programs and really understood what you have to replace, the areas that you're weak at, and, you know, you've got young guys coming in. Um, you know, I, w- I was a little surprised to see us at two, but I think oftentimes those polls just end up being, you know, what they were in the previous season. If you look at, you know, even the Missouri Valley Conference where you've got North Dakota State and South Dakota State, South Dakota State won the whole thing. They were number one. North Dakota State was number two. And, you know, really kind of the same deal through the big sky. And so as you look at those polls, I we don't put a lot of stock into it. There's a lot of work to be done, you know, to hopefully finish in that top three. Tell me about, uh, um, you know, there's always turnover. There's always maybe a surprise or two of a of a of a player moving on or a player maybe choosing central. Um, what are what are uh, certain positions that I mean? Every position is important. Depth chart is important and everything like that. But was there a place where we uh, where we really improved on on the off season? Yeah, you know, I think from uh, offensively, our quarterback is back, JJ Lemming. Uh, who will lead our offense. Our our running back room might be as talented mm-hmm. as any program in the country. Tyler Flanagan is back from, from his injury last season, and he looks better right now than maybe he did when he got hurt. Um, Trey John Henderson, preseason uh, player of the year offensively in the conference, is back. Cam Daniels, who ran a lot for us last year, is back. So that running back room is, is really, really good, and it's going to be fun and competitive to watch those guys in fall camp to try to capture that starting spot. We have basically all of our wide receivers back, um, which is a group that needs to improve a lot from last year's performance. And I think, you know, what we saw in spring ball is that that's, that's happening and they need to have a great fall camp. But you have all those guys back offensively where, you know, things are kind of reshaping as we lost four offensive starters on the offensive line. And so that's always a place where uh, you don't want to lose those starters, but we were fortunate to graduate four players there. And, uh, you know, we'll have a bunch of young, new players coming back. Noah Thompson will be back. But those old linemen, those young old linemen had a good spring. Um, there's a lot of excitement in what that group could do, but we just don't know what they can do. Uh, defensively, it's kind of the same story. Our, our secondary is back. You know, we lost our Mike linebacker, Dayon Hudson, to graduation. But we've got an outstanding young uh, Mike linebacker who we, we were hopeful uh, is going to fill the shoes because you guys know that that tradition of Mike linebacker yep. at Central is rich and it's deep and there's big expectations out of that position and so we have a young man Brett McCullough uh, who's kind of leading the race after spring ball 
um, who we, we expect big things from. But, you know, the, the defensive line, um, you know, let's go back to the secondary. Pat Rogers, All-American corners back. Our, our free safety's back. Um, our boundary corner and field corners are both back. So, you know, we're expecting big things there. But on the defensive line, you know, we're replacing all four starters and really – six seniors that rotated in through that thing. So similar to the O-line, we've got a lot of work to do with the D-line. We've got some transfers coming in. We've got a, a core group of guys that have been here that we recruited as freshmen into the program that we're excited about. But, you know, similar to the O-line, those guys are untested, unproven. And those guys, all those young D-linemen and O-linemen's first start is going to be against one of the best FCS programs in the country in Weber State. And so we've got a lot of work to do over the next three weeks, and then those guys are going to have to step up big against a great SDS opponent. Can we talk about Weber for, for a second? I know they have a new head coach, but uh, he was last year's offensive coordinator. So uh, I guess it seems like sometimes when you get a new head coach, you know, you maybe, uh, again, I'm looking at it generically, do you throw out all the old tape that you have, or, or can you expect them to be – pretty similar at least on the offensive side in the ball since the OC got promoted to head coach. How do you anticipate yeah, that? Yeah, I think, you know, the type of program that the previous head coach ran and the success they had, they had really, you know, unprecedented success at Weber State under his, his watch. And um, all of those coaches that were on staff with him have really been retained. So I, I don't anticipate that, you know, it's one of the best defenses in the country. I think they'll be – Business as usual, you know, Grant Duff being the uh, the, the co-coordinator of the defense and, and stepping into those shoes, I think he'll run the same defense and really try to keep things intact that way. And then I think their staff had such a belief in what they were doing under Jay that, uh, you know, they'll be similar to what they've been in the past. And, you know, I think uh, maybe they open it up a little bit more offensively from what maybe they did in the past. But I would expect they'll be the same Weber State that, that they've always been. You know, I know the the uh, the Montana schools get get the attention. Obviously, Eastern's a little bit down the last year or two, but Weber State. I, when we were researching them, I think uh, most of their ten win seasons came under the last coaching regime. They made it the second round of the playoffs last year. They're uh, I don't want to say they're surprisingly good, but they just don't seem to get the spotlight shine on them as you know the the Bobcats or the Grizzlies. But man, that's a that's a difficult place to play. Well, I think you know if you look at the last decade of Big Sky football, Weber State has been kind of the benchmark along with Eastern Washington and Montana and those schools. But you know when you look at the rich tradition and history of the Big Sky. You know, the Montana schools have kind of led the way. And so, you know, they get a lot of that. And obviously Montana State's at the top of their game. But when you look at the big sky, you know, top to bottom, it's it's murderer's row. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, quality programs. You know, they're taking a ton of teams to the playoffs every year. You know, you look at, uh, you know, UC Davis to Sac State to Weber, Idaho with Coach Eck running that program, Montana, Montana State. You know, Portland State with Coach Barnum, they're just all really really well coached, great personnel, and, and tough to play. Talk about uh, – let, let's just kind of focus on our, our schedule for uh, for the season. Um, I know we got four at home. Um, uh, I think that fifth home game would have been against Simon Frazier, who are no longer fielding a team, but um, – is it nice to get two in a row at home on, on the 9th and then on the 16th of September? Um, 
and definitely don't want to say Montana Tech is a warm up. Uh, they're they're a, 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 a good solid NAIA program, but is it nice to start with uh, two at home after after uh, Labor Day weekend at Weber State? Yeah, I think anytime you're you're looking at that schedule, back to back home games is definitely something you're looking forward to. But you know, we've got tough travel down to Weber State. We'll play on a Thursday, so we'll be able to get back and give the guys a couple of days off before we head into that Montana Tech prep. But Montana Tech is as good as they get at the NEI level. You know, I would I would even gather that Montana Tech has equal equal or more scholarship dollars than we do uh, here at Central. And so, you know, they, and they, they've got a bunch of Washington kids on their roster that maybe didn't get recruited here that, uh, you know, are really going to be fired up to play that game and show what they're made of. And so, you know, the, it, this is coach speak, but it's true. It doesn't really matter, right? Nameless faces opponents. We're going to we're going to give the same value to Montana Tech that we do to Weber State, Angelo State, Western Oregon, and any of those other schools is, you know, the journey is more about your progression and your desire to get better and improve through the season. And, and week two will be certainly full of that. And then obviously we've got the uh, defending conference champs coming to Ellensburg the next week. But uh, really excited to, to, to have those two home games. And then if you look at the back end of the schedule, you know, we've got some, some real challenges and travel. You know, I think we're um, three of our last four games were down to Texas or New Mexico and, and uh, getting West Texas here at home um, for, for homecoming in the, in the middle of it there. But, uh, you know, it certainly is a schedule full of challenges, but, uh, you know, you like to see Angelo State coming to Ellensburg instead of going down to Angelo State. Definitely. Let me let me uh, tap the brakes and, and hit reverse a little bit, uh, Coach, and, and I'm going to point this one to uh, Coach Pika. You were, you were talking about um, how, you know, the logistics of getting guys – you know, getting guys here to Ellensburg, getting them to their, you know, home uh, after, you know, a summer of being working or away or whatever. Coach Pika, talk me, how is it different today in 2023 than it was when when you were coming to Ellensburg, when you were when you were playing offensive line or coming home to Ellensburg after a uh, – you know, after a summer of working, uh, I mean, obviously technology is different and, 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 you know, communication with, with players is different than uh, when you were playing or when you were first starting on, on, on the school. But what's big, what's the biggest difference between the nineties players coming back to Ellensburg and 2023 players coming back to Ellensburg coach? Well, I'd, I'd say uh, technology without, without a doubt, the biggest difference. Um, back in back in the old days, you get maybe one letter in the summer, and they just told you where to be. You know, make sure you're there. Um, you didn't really get phone calls very much. You didn't get obviously there were no texts or anything like that. Um, and now we're in a lot more of a conversation with the kids throughout the the summer. Just they'll call you up for um, you know text you, and then with the technology that we have with our um, with the internet and all that stuff, you know, they can get onto a, our playbooks and all that stuff and look and see exactly what's going to be coming at them uh, when they arrive here. They'll, they'll have our schedule. So they'll, you know, there's one thing that Coach Fisk has always done a really great job of is making sure the kids are not surprised by anything. So when they get here, um, there's enough communication through, you know, now we have Zooms and all that stuff um, or Teams. Um, we can have meetings with the kids, you know, before school gets out saying, Hey, these are the things that are going to be coming up. Make sure you take care of all your, uh, 
your paperwork, make sure you're eligible, make sure all this stuff's taken care of. And then again, like I said, throughout the summer, uh, interjecting the, the offense or defense and, and letting those kids see clips. Uh, they'll, they'll be able to watch films throughout the summer. Um, so when they, when they get here, they're pretty well educated on A, the schedule for everything that's going to happen, and B, the offense or defensive schemes. Uh, so they're not hearing it. Uh, the first time, this is probably the third or fourth time they're they're hearing the way we install plays and, and how we want them run, and and so it gives the kids that from from years gone by where we just we'd show up and have to know, you know, whatever the coach told you on a paper playbook. Now it's all video. It's on their phones. They carry it wherever they want to, and, and they come here. To, anyways, they come here in a big uh, big event. Coach, let me let me keep it uh, historical. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe your playing days were were over in '89, but uh, I'm sure you knew a bunch of guys on the '89 football team that just got inducted a couple of months ago into the Wildcat Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, you know what was that like? Um, you know, seeing that team and some of those individuals, players being uh, you know appropriately honored after all these years. It was pretty cool. Um, I actually got down in 87, and I was coaching in 88 and 89 when those guys were playing and actually, you know, played with a lot of the guys that, that were on that team. Um, and so I knew them really well, and obviously I was around as a coach and, and as a, you know, a young guy not really knowing what I was doing too much. And um, But seeing all those guys come back, uh, you know, we've always tried to keep in touch. We do a, a big uh, golf tournament every year, and that's probably one of our biggest groups that uh, return every year for the Wildcat Classic Golf Tournament is the 89, that 89, 88, uh, you know, early 90s group, and they, they're just thick as thieves, and they, they love being, the time they had here uh, obviously was, was huge and fun, and they carry that on right now as they, they get together at least once a year. And uh, they have a great time. It's great to see them. Hey, Coach Pika, not to make you feel old, but <laughs> Big Country over here said that in a, he was born in 88. <laughs> so these stories are making him feel really young. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. <laughs> hey, hey, Coach Pika, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Even having Coach Fisk in the room right there, this could get a little weird. Uh You've been around for, we'll just say, a long time through many different head coaches, uh, been an assistant, a mainstay, uh, which is hard to do when you have uh, turnover over that type of year. But what what have you seen from Coach Fiss, um, tenure as head coach here, that is maybe a little bit different and uh, you know some of the strengths that he brings to the department in that head coach position? Strength? Straight. <laughs> yeah, it was. I know that that was the spot. I didn't give you time to think of something really good, but yeah. uh, no, he does a probably the you know, like I said, I've been around a lot of different guys, I think it was seven or eight head coaches, and um, you know, and, and it's I guess the perspective that's different is a lot of guys get to go to a lot of different places. So they come out of that going, well, I've been everywhere and I've seen all these different ways to run it. Uh, I've had the unique, probably uh, the uniqueness of seeing seven different people come in running the program here at Central. And so that's kind of uh, uh, a little bit of a unique 
uh, chance I've got. But uh, the one thing he does better than anyone that I've, I've been with is the organization of it um, and holding people, whether it be coaches or players, to uh, standards. And we've, I mean, all the coaches have done it, uh, done a great job of that. But I think uh, uh, just the constant, you know, reflection of why are we here? We're here for the kids. Um, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to represent ourselves. And that goes from everything from, you know, uh, as a coaching staff, uh, how we dress. You know, like in uh, in the office, we're in slacks and, and colored shirts. And uh, it doesn't matter what day you walk in um, during the school year. We're, you know, we look great. We're going to meet you and stuff like that. And then just like I said earlier about our kids knowing exactly the schedule, what they're doing throughout the day, what they're doing throughout the week, the month. Um, he's like that with, you, with uh, all the assistants. Um, so our staff knows what's going on. And that way we can also interject if there's, you know, there might be a problem or a, a, a date that doesn't work or something like that. But we see it so far in advance that we're able to uh, repair it and then, you know, make sure we're, we're going along. And I think that's something that, our players pick up on, um, and I hope because if they went anywhere else, I don't think they would ever uh, be able to enjoy that much transparency from a football staff. Mm-hmm. So what's going on, how, how we get to where we need to go. Uh, this question is for you know, either one of you coaches. I, I'm going through the schedule, and, and Coach Fisk, you, you kind of made reference to it in, in terms of uh, three out of your last four games are incl- involved planes and planes, trains, and automobiles, to say the least. There's no easy way. There's no fast way to get to Kingsville. There's no fast way to get to Wichita Falls. Silver City, I believe, includes like a three-hour bus ride as well, New Mexico. How do you mentally prepare for that? That's got to be exhausting. Um, and do you, I mean, some of these, you know, freshmen or sophomore, redshirt freshmen, sophomores that have, you know, never had to travel like this. How do you get guys ready for that? How do you stay limber on all day of travel? Well, I think, you know, it is important. And I think even as head coaches in the Lone Star Conference, we talk about this in our coaching group is that, you know, the team that handles the travel of the Lone Star Conference, the best is probably going to find themselves at the top of, of the, the conference at the end of the season. You know, and you're, you're, you're wrong. There is an easy way to get there. It's called a charter flight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have access to that. So, Hey, you know, we're all really alumni. Uh, we're all alumni, Coach. I'm going to commit us to add an extra zero to our alumni you, giving this year. If you all could right? find so. a way to play Weber twice, you might have enough. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, the, the prospect of playing Weber twice is not 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 the way to fix it. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I think you know the the biggest thing, and I think this off season, you know, as much as you'd rather maybe spending your professional growth time looking at plays and and scheme and uh, schematics and all those types of things and the way you play the game, we really took a deep dive and getting in touch with coaches and strength coaches and sports performance coaches on how to improve our travel and the way we get our players, you know, from, from the previous game all the way to Saturday, whether that's at home or, or away. And how do we get them to Saturday 
um, and, and be at their best and not be flat and not be tired. And, and it's a challenge. It certainly is. But uh, that's kind of what we spend our off season doing. And we have a pretty detailed plan of what we're going to try to attempt this year to be better at it. And, uh, you know, really try to take advantage of some of those things that we learned uh, through the off season here. So we'll, we'll implement those uh, as we get closer to that Weaver State game and see if we can make those things work for us. Coach, I'm going to be joining you guys on the road again this year, Wichita Falls, Midwestern, October 14th. Um, I need I need something from you. I need two things from you. Uh, number one is I need to be on the sideline for that. Number, that's number one. Number two, I needed to be a better trip as a Wildcat fan than the one I made last year. I just, yes, need, I just need to promise. That's all I need. I'm not saying you have to well, win. Got- I just need to be better. The first thing, part of our offseason, the first thing that we looked at was whether or not you and, and Jeff were the reason that we lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the conclusion was it wasn't you guys. So, okay. uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, and that, that game specifically against West Texas last year um, really was what sparked our deep dive into the way that we travel and get our guys ready to go. Uh, for those games, but uh, I think we can get the sideline thing to work. Uh, the result, we'll, we'll work on that through here at fall camp and try to make you a little bit more proud of you. No, I, I, I was proud. It was hard. It was nice. What's that? Yeah, we'll put it to a staff vote. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just real quick before, before we let you guys go, speaking of staff, you guys have uh, coached this Fist, this is going to be for you. I'm going to give you a chance to talk nicely about Pika. Uh, you guys have had lots of new faces. I think we talked five or six new faces come in, some old faces taking some new positions. Uh, what's it like having uh, someone like Pika, uh, you know, that's steady? He's, he's there. He's been there. You know he's going to be there. You know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, what's it like having that as every year you kind of seem to have be acquiring and and losing people um, as the college football business is. How, 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 what's the comfort like having somebody like Pika in your program? Well, I'll start here first. Staff retention is, is, you know, one of the biggest keys to your success. So if you can keep those guys around, we've been fortunate to have a lot of good coaches here, but I always look at it, you know, one of the reasons that I came to Central was looking at the history of the assistant coaches, coordinators, and head coaches that have come through Ellensburg and really been able to progress and add value to their career to go on and take better jobs. So I know, you know, as we bring assistance in, some of those guys are going to go. And we've had, you know, even even in my time here from 2016 to now, you know, Pika and I counted it one day uh, last spring as we were going through the hiring process of these new faces. We've had over 30-some coaches. And the majority of those guys, like the high 20s, like 28 of them, are all coaching football still, you know, at higher levels. And so I think that's something we're awfully proud of. I think Coach Shoemaker should be proud of that. I'm very proud that we've had a lot of guys come through here. But, you know, the constant and the, the steady at Central Washington since the early 90s, late 80s has been Coach Pika. And I, I always use this line in recruiting, and the parents get it, the kids don't. But if there's a win-win for the Gipper speech uh, in Central <laughs> Washington football history, Coach Pika was probably part of it. And, uh, <laughs> part of the, you know, I think it's hard to put a, a value on that. It's, it's 
invaluable. It's just, you know, if, if something needs to get done, he knows how to get it done. I, I always tell co- our, our athletic director, Dennis Francois, that if you've ever seen Shawshank Redemption, Coach Pika's red. <laughs> and, and make the things work. And, you know, and, and I think a testament to him is whenever we have an alumnus come back on the campus that, that was a former football player, they're not coming to the office looking for me. They're asking, you know, where's Coach Pika at? And <laughs> And I think that's a testament to what he's meant to the program. They're probably looking for money is what they're looking for. That's probably one. <laughs> that, that is certainly not the case. They just want to, you know, recapture that little bit of sitting in his office probably like they did as a player at some point and <laughs> have a conversation and, and checking in on him. But, you know, you go to the alumni golf tournament or you're, you're going around the state, it's amazing how many high school coaches that, that played at Central that we have out there and uh, how many guys you, you run into that their first question out of the mouth is, how's Coach Pika doing? And yeah. um, it's, uh, it's at the point now where, you know, they've got to either erect a statue or name a building or a field or something after him um, at some point here because of what he's meant to this program. And, you know, I think every head coach that, that has come through here, you know, that, that first takes the job, they're fortunate to have a guy like him on staff to help help guide them through the process of building their vision and building what they're trying to do. And, you know, I, I think about it all the time. It, it'd be, uh, be weird not to have them here and it'd be tough not to have them here. So it's, uh, invaluable. Well, I can even confirm that. Cause even being in, in the baseball program, I still sat in Pika's office and had BS conversations right. with them. And that's, I will cherish those for forever, but as we truly appreciate you guys, uh, you know, being on, you're the first guest of season five for us, but we got to ask one more question. We asked Mario this uh, a few years back, but Coach Pika, who has the best golf shot? You or Mario? Well, I think, I mean, I'm not going to candy coat it. I, I'm way better. Than <laughs> 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 and, and I don't know where I'm at. I know I'm not a great golfer. I'm an okay golfer. I'm acceptable. Now, I, I will tell you this because uh, I'm the unbiased uh, view on this, if I'm putting together a scramble team and I need a partner, uh, I'm taking Pika in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a perfect way to end this interview, guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to, to talk to us about this upcoming season. I know we're all really fired up for watching some Wildcat football this fall. Yeah, and I think look out, guys. we got that video board, new speaker system coming in. Uh, that's just going to enhance that experience on game day and really, you know, create an event that everybody in the community be uh, excited to be at. Oh, that's awesome. We can't Thanks, wait. Coach. Thank Good luck guys. to the season to the Wildcats. Thank you, sir. Thanks. See you guys later. And we're back after that pretty awesome interview with Coach Fisk and Coach Pika. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to be together. Which is fine, right? <laughs> but um, we—that was a wide-ranging interview. We talked about travel, yeah, logistics, schedule, and golf. Yeah, we found who and our golf. ringer is going to be. We're going to get. Yeah. Coach Sorry, Pico. Mario, it yeah. ain't you. Those That's are my right. two. Coach when Mario. I was at Central, I frequently would just go and like, I need to go. I'm just going to go talk to some people. I was yeah. a person, but like, I got to talk to people. So I'd be sitting there behind my desk and be like, I just got to get up and go do something for a second. Those are my two guys, yeah. Fisk and Pika. Man, if they were in there, I'm like, oh, yay. Yeah. 
they were just the best to talk to. That the was best. His office was between our locker room and the and the training room. Yeah, so you had to walk. And past so I'd it. walk by, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'd pop in and sit down and talk to him." And uh, Coach Peak is just a gem. Yeah, it was fun. And Coach Fisk is awesome too. I'm excited about how he's the guy leading our program at Central. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm fired up. I've always been excited about Wildcat football season, but for some reason this year it seems different. Like I'm more excited about it. And I'm just I'm excited to see maybe it's the conference that we're in. It's going to be a lot more competitive games, right? And the fact that Angelo State's going to be here on week three, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure the hay's in the barn, barn, right? Yeah. So that I can be there for that game. And so yeah, I'm looking at when when I was looking at the schedule. You know, we got a great game against Weber State, a really good FCS program, really good. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it, but I'm sure financially that's going to be a great game for us as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm I'm glad you talked about the Angelo State game two weeks after that is that's the weekend the freshmen come in and hopefully some of the upperclassmen come in. Mm-hmm. So it's a few days before um, school starts. School starts. So everybody's just kind of amped up, you know. Right. I remember as a student, and I still get excited as a you know as a young adult at the you know, ripe old age of 46 of like <laughs> kids are in the stands. Um, you know, it's not this year. It won't be the first home game of the season, but it's the first LSC, you know, league mm-hmm. game of the season. Right. First one that counts in terms of D2 rankings Correct. and stuff. And man, if we can start the season by just popping Angelo state in the mouth at home momentum. And then you get Western Oregon who they left a sour taste in our mouths last 14 year. to 16. Oh, is what the game was. Don't even that was Gosh. That was the ugliest game of the season until we got I mean, to West we Texas. Could, we could start off feeling really good about ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knocking off Angelo, getting some redemption against Western Oregon. Oh, that would feel good. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, even, I'm even feeling that, like, 2-0 and in Division Two strut right now. I feel Damn it. right, baby. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I feel it. so awesome. Can you imagine? You're just popping Angelo in the mouth. Yeah. Take I, that. Because they, yeah. they got to the second round, right? They were in the uh, the no, they got to the I mean the regional second, finals. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they ended up losing to the team that took second. Yes. Colorado Mines. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I'm like ready to fire up and go to the Wildcat shop, buy some clothes for my opening day outfit. I'm just excited for such opening a opening day outfit. Opening yeah. day awesome. outfit. I need to get some new. Wildcat yeah. stuff. You know what? I, I saw some new Wildcat stuff just the other day, and I'm like, man, I got to get that. I just wish they'd start making hats big enough for my head because those even snapbacks, not one size fits all. I wish the Sunstones would start making heads big enough for hats. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, luckily, Coach Dez has the order, knows what I need every once in a while. You say so. eight, eight and a half? Eight. Eight. Size eight. And I'm seven, seven and three eighths. Seven and seven eighths is to be exact. But wow. I'm fired up. Fighting, there's some Saturday night football, the food trucks over there. Mm. Food trucks, and then, you know, tailgate and maybe. By mid October, when you were like, yeah, I kind of like the heaters in the alumni tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try to stay out of the press box yeah. and on the sideline. I'm going to try to just be on the sideline. I think all we year. need to take our trailers and have our own tailgate party somewhere. It's hard. I got so much soccer. Oh, yeah, we're doing that too. I'm hoping to make as much as I can. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'll be I'll be there. Well, it's going to be an exciting year for Central Athletics it's as a whole. Awesome. And I think so. There's and you know maybe uh, you know Nixon Arena, Nicholson Arena, yeah. Nicholson Arena, not yeah. Pavilion. Nicholson oh. Arena will be completely done up. So 
At uh, some point this year, I know they're still doing work. At some point, we're yeah. going to be able to see. So oh. CW Volleyball in a brand new arena. Yes. That'll be know. so awesome. Basketball. And during the fall. During the fall, then that means you got softball, baseball, and track all practicing indoors. In the you know, state-of-the-art facility. Yeah. I'm so excited for those guys to have that. Right? That's so cool. Yeah. You're uh, not jealous at all? This is a big... Yeah. <laughs> but no, but this I'm, is I'm more happy for year them, for right? Central Athletics. It's it's a a huge it really year, is. Yeah. It really, really is. And a lot to be excited for. You know, volleyball's expected, year in and year expected out. to be a regionals again mm-hmm. this year. And yep. so uh, expected big things out of them. I know both basketball programs want to do a lot. It's going to be... A, it's going to be a fun year. Yep. Welcome Coach Kribbe, Elliot Kribbe, to the baseball staff. That's He's, right. Dude's got a That's heck right. of a resume, and it's going to be a good year. New cross-country coach as well. That's right. Yep. And so it's going to be fun being a Wildcat athletic supporter. And, uh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not the jock strap, but an supporter. actual athletic supporter. We're athletic we'll supporters. COVID has banged us. Uh, <laughs> just like. Season 5 starts off with Season this, 5 uh, starts off with the just awesome. with the bang. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> and, and I think we even have a we'll have a Coach Fist show here once a month, twice a month. If we can. We're hoping and, to, yeah, and see what we can roll with this thing. And, and hey, how how anybody? How's the golf game? Anybody? I haven't played golf in like a year and a half. I I can't physically do it at the moment, but I hope that I, my goal uh, is to get it done. We're, it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. Yeah. After not playing for a year and a half, <laughs> I've hit a down. bucket and I've played in one tournament. I got another tournament to play in this mm-hmm. month and another one in September. And hoping to get out, get you guys out, dust off the old clubs. When are we going to have the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Golf Tournament? When's we that, should just do it. When's I'll that going to happen? I'll talk to Liv, see if we can't get anything right. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. A yeah. couple yeah. mil. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it'll be yeah. fun. Make us a PGA event. That'd be awesome. Yes, at the nine hole here in Ellensburg. Yeah. Be kinda, that'd be kind of fun. We'll have to do that. If you want to be in the golf tournament, give us a call. You got to sponsor us. You got to sponsor us and pay your own way. <laughs> And you probably aren't going to get anything but a good time. But it's going to be a great time. That's some stories. (laughs) So dang right. We'll see if we can make that happen. Well, thanks again to Coach Fizz, Coach Pika, for uh, taking some time out of their busy prep period to get ready for this season. Good luck to the Wildcats. I know we're all excited to be watching and following. And we got a lot of sports our way, coming our way in the next couple weeks, getting prepared for the season and and getting some more uh, highlights of hopefully some local high school teams and as we are in dead period as coaches right now, we're not supposed to do anything with our athletes. And so, but they better be, but they better be working. Yeah. And (laughs) those boys better be for football. Two a days coming up. I don't know if they still do two a days, but it's got to be, it's starting to warm up in the dog days of August. So you better be doing some laps out on the streets out there. That's right. So anyways, with that, I can't wait till this next time. And I can't wait for this whole season. We will be in your earbuds shortly.